Fewer than half of Canadians believe taxpayers should fund international aid. The National Capital Commission's new public art installation is being ridiculed by Canadians on social media. The BC NDP have decided to forge ahead with its plan to abolish letter grades in BC schools, despite fierce opposition from parents and teachers. Hello Canada, it's Thursday, June 29th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Rachel Emanuel. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. A public opinion tracking survey commissioned by Global Affairs Canada revealed fewer than half of Canadians think taxpayer money should fund international aid. The survey, which was conducted online by Ecos Research Associations, Inc. between January 16 and February 3, and involved 3,059 nationwide respondents, also revealed support has declined since last year. According to the poll, fewer than half of Canadians, or 44%, think Canada should spend more money on international aid because it is morally right, decreasing from 48% in 2022. Moreover, most Canadians also doubt their contributions are impactful. Only 42% of Canadians believe the Canadian government can help reduce world poverty, while 12% think they can personally make an impact as individuals. The survey also shows Canadians are split on whether the government should increase or decrease its spending on international aid. Last year, the federal government pledged $8.15 billion for international aid efforts. Global Affairs Canada was recently slammed by Auditor General Karen Hogan for losing tracks of billions in bilateral aid for gender equality outcomes. According to Hogan, the federal government provides no progress on any of its spending. Additionally, Ottawa was forced to recently axe a cultural exchange program after it was revealed. The funds were dedicated towards putting on senior sex theatrical performances and sex toy exhibitions abroad. Lindsay, this seems pretty self-explanatory to me. I would agree with the sentiment that I don't think that we have a moral right to be funding programs internationally, especially at a time when we don't really have the money to be doing so. I think we could re-examine this if we had a surplus year over year, if we weren't billions of dollars in, in debt, but that's simply not the case. So this to me just seems pretty obvious. Of course, we should rein in our spending. Let's start by doing that by pulling back our spending on international aid and international poverty efforts. Right. I don't think it's a surprise that we're seeing declining support for international aid at a time when it seems like homelessness is on the rise. I know in British Columbia, no city or town is really immune from the tent cities and the encampments, which are not just totally destitute people now, but it's just people who can't afford rent. And so we're seeing homelessness on the rise, and we're also seeing the opioid overdose crisis affecting us. So it's not hard to see why Canadians might look at this and think, why are we sending $8 billion abroad when there are a lot of people here that we need to help? And then on the other side of the coin, there's obviously just a lack of trust in the federal government here. We are sending money abroad and they're unable to track progress being made with the money that we're sending, as well as they have to ax some programs that they're funding 
when they learn the details of the programs later on. So we know from the way that they run our country that they're really not on top of things. And this is only further extended when they're sending money across seas. There seems to be even less oversight and accountability. So it seems fairly obvious that Canadians would be frustrated with this and are ready for it to end. The National Capital Commission's new public art installation is being roasted by Canadians on social media, with many calling it ugly and comparing it to trash. The modern artwork in question was made by Prince Edward Island artist Gerald Bolia, who is described as an artist who uses familiar materials to examine the boundary between what is natural and man-made, helpful or harmful, always returning to his larger questions about how we live in the world and what the consequences and compromises might be. The piece of art is a crow made from recycled rubber tires and is titled When the Rubber Meets the Road. The NCC's newly installed artwork alongside Ottawa's Le Breton Flats pathway has garnered criticism on social media. Journalist Matt Gurney said the artwork looked like an enormous dead bird that hasn't been cleaned up yet. Former Conservative Industry Minister James Moore said, quote, Please tell me the art is the thought-provoking poem on the blue sign and not the dead crow slash tire fire fusion thing in the foreground. Columnist Howard Anglin asked, Is there any public art anywhere in North America from the last 40 years that isn't worse than empty space? True North's Ellie Canton Nantel also revealed that the piece of art cost taxpayers in Ottawa $14,000. Well, Rachel, did you see a picture of this uh, giant dead bird made out of tires? Yes, I have seen it. I have to say that I was actually a bit surprised that I could tell what it was for once. Typically in this new era of modern art, you're looking at something and you think, I have absolutely no idea what that is supposed to be. So I thought it was an improvement that we could actually tell that it was supposed to be a bird. Now I'm confused. Was it not supposed to be a dead bird? Is the issue here that it was supposed to be like a real live crow? Because it seemed like a dead bird to me. I definitely didn't find it beautiful, but I thought, as I mentioned, it was a step up that for once we knew what it was. Yes, it is a dead bird. So the idea behind the art, according to the artist, was um, it's dead to represent, you know, the habitat destruction of wildlife. And it's made out of tires to represent probably, you know, car dependent cities like our overuse of vehicles and gas. And, you know, I can kind of get behind that message. What I think about here is why does the public art, which I want more of, by the way, there's always this focus on the social impactfulness of the art. But why can't it also be beautiful? Why why is there no beautiful public art anywhere in Canada anymore? It's always the focus on the social impactfulness. I think you raise a really good point, and it's something that I hear a lot too, is why can't art be beautiful anymore? When we look at columnist Howard Englund's comments, there's been no public art anywhere in North America in the last 40 years that has been good or improved a public space. He has a very good point, and I think that's a criticism that we see a lot because art so often is ugly nowadays. I also just think that maybe Ottawa is an interesting place for the location of this dead bird. It's not really something that I feel like goes with the fit of downtown Ottawa and some of the other really beautiful structures that we have there. So it's a very interesting choice overall. But again, I'm not surprised that we don't like it just because so often when we have new public art installations nowadays, you don't know what it is and it certainly is not pleasing to the eye. Ignoring fierce opposition from teachers, parents, and even pupils, British Columbia's NDP government is abolishing letter grades for all public school students except those in grades 10 to 12. 
The government chose to forge ahead despite hosting consultations during which opposition to the letter grade abolition was fierce. In lieu of grading with letters A through F, a proficiency scale will assess students as emerging, developing, proficient, or extending. The policy will also introduce a new standard by which students can assess themselves. A 2021 report for the Education Ministry, which surveyed over 4,000 people, found the vast majority disagreed with the policy. 69% of respondents said they were dissatisfied with the new policy, including 70% of teachers and 68% of students, while only 13% were satisfied. When asked specifically about the proficiency scale, more than half of teachers objected to it, as did 60% of parents and caregivers and 83% of students. However, 60% of school administrators reported high satisfaction with the scale. Rachna Singh, Minister of Education and Child Care, defended the proficiency scale in a statement to the Canadian press. She said, quote, The new scale will give deeper insight into children's learning and development in a range of skills required in post-secondary and their careers of choice. Students in grades 10 through 12 will continue to receive letter grades and percentages, with support and feedback to help them transition towards post-secondary or the workforce. It's surprising to me that the government decided to go ahead with this, despite so much backlash from not only parents and teachers, but also students. And I have to say that I'm not really surprised students weren't interested in this policy, because especially as you get into grade seven and eight and definitely high school, you're starting to think a lot about what you want to do afterwards. And you're becoming very concerned about your grades. You want to make sure that they are high enough that you can go to the university of your choice. And obviously they are not going to have this policy in grades 10 through 12, But at that point, it can sometimes be a little bit too late. The grades that you get in grade 9 and 10 sort of dictate what choices you have in high school and if you can pursue academic options or if you have to step back and take applied options. And I really feel like it's a disservice to these students. Yeah, so the BC government has actually been phasing this in for years. Um, It was piloted at, you know, a couple of several schools already. This has been coming down the pipeline. And what's very telling is Like the survey said, 77% of teachers and 68% of students, they don't want this new policy. They want letter grades. You know, people like letter grades. Um, When you get an A or even a B, you can feel a sense of achievement and accomplishment. Uh, If you're going to see a word on your report card that says extending, I'm not sure that kind of gives you the same feeling of fulfillment because these words, you know, emerging, developing, Um, and extending, they kind of, I think, serve to obfuscate the actual, you know, grade that you deserve. I mean, technically, this emerging is a D, but emerging sounds a lot better than D. Yeah, that was the other thing I was thinking. I'm very confused by this new scale. It's hard to tell what the words actually would replace in terms of letters. Yeah, I agree. Emerging sounds a lot better than maybe developing or extending. Proficient would sound the best of them to me. So this is just very confusing. Obviously, students can learn this new scale and figure out how to move forward from here. But I think it's really important in those final grades and in high school to just have really high standards for students so that they can prepare themselves for university or for whatever they might want to do afterwards. And this is simply not that to me. Well, and let's recall that 60% of school administrators reported high satisfaction with the scale. So Again, we're kind of forgetting about the people who, you know, probably matter the most here, the students uh, and then the parents and teachers. And instead, we're implementing policy that favors school administrators. 
That's it for today. And don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.